Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome Solar Warrior. This is a rare and special opportunity for a live, and this is almost near real time live as we just produced these daily roundup episodes within the last 12 hours. The one that you're going to hear was just produced the evening before, and I hope that you are getting ready to enjoy the RE Plus show, or if it's already uh, time for the show to have come to a conclusion and you are just sort of catching up, I hope that you are enjoying the conversation that we've had here. These daily roundups give you insight into what is happening at the show, what's the sentiment at the show, how are some of the folks that we think are more tapped in to the happenings at the show? How are they seeing the show unfold? What should you be looking forward to if you happen to be listening to this in time to leverage this information for yourself ahead of planning each day as you go, as we'll be publishing these before the day fully gets rolling. But at the very least, it's a view for you into the trends and the conversations unfolding and unfurling before us here in Anaheim at the RE Plus 2022 conference, formerly SPI. Hope that you enjoy these and stick around for more. If you are here in Anaheim, please come by and see us at the Media Zone. It is booth 438. It is right across from Hyundai, Umco, and Talison. Really easy to find right in the show, right in the main part of the show floor. You can, of course, watch us stream live from the Power Up Media Zone at suncast.live. And you can check out the entire agenda for all the work we're doing at the Media Zone at re-plus.com forward slash Media Zone. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Power Up Media Zone, produced by Suncast Media and presented by Fluence. We're also live streaming at suncast.live. Thanks to our streaming partners, SunGrow and Tygo. If you're watching this on our live stream, I just want to say thank you for joining us. Be sure to bookmark suncast.live so you can watch it every day as you walk around the show floor. I just did that actually to test and make sure that it actually works. You can watch it from the show floor. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and it's actually, in many cases, cleaner audio because <laughs> we've got a nice feed going out of the mixer. We are back again. Yesterday we were here from the show floor and none of this was really all that set up. I'm here with my co-pilot, Josh Porter, and our co-co-pilot, Mr. Andy Redinger is back. Andy is the managing director, group head for utility power renewable energy at Key Bank. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Well, it's good to see you again. I've got you. Good to see you. There we go. Perfect. Josh, how you doing? Excellent, man. Uh, I mean, geez, it's the first day of RE Plus 2022. We're back here after a couple of years, and uh, there's you know unbelievable energy out there. Awesome tech, cool people. Seen everybody again. It's uh, yeah, it couldn't couldn't be better. There is an incredible energy on the show floor. I just came back from a couple of the happy hours and all of the booths that are doing happy hours have a line out around the corner, around the block. 
Andy, did you get a chance to, to make a round make your rounds after uh, I, our interview I am, earlier? Uh, I have not had a chance, but I plan to uh, quickly uh, do that right after we finish here. Um, but I echo your thoughts on, on the energy. This is kind of like the, uh, the the pregame party, if you will, to uh, the Solar Super Bowl, which I think will last at least 10 years. So um, the energy level is crazy, and it seems like, you know, this has been going on for several years, I know, but... This year especially seems different, and given the all, all of the tailwinds in the space, it does feel like a big tailgate party that's going to kick off this, as I said, the Solar Super Bowl, which I think is going to last at least 10 years. It's a great way to look at it, like a launch, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. given all the things that are happening right now. How's the audio? Working out okay? Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah? I think I had it soloing, so we're good now. <laughs> Excellent. Can, right. Okay, can, can you hear us? I can hear you, yeah. Oh, we can hear you now. Perfect. I'm still... Learning to jockey this thing with more than one chain of audio, which is my voice, and a Zoom call. So this is, this is fun. I'm glad to have people, real humans, to talk to on the stage. So, you know, Andy, one of the things that, I mean, I learned a lot in our previous conversations. And, you know, you are a finance expert. And part of that leads you down a different path of conversations when you're walking around the trade show floor than perhaps I would get into. I'd love to hear... From your perspective, as someone coming from the capital markets, as you're walking the trade show floor or as you're booking meetings, what are you hearing here on day one that is the, the prevailing conversation among the folks that, you know, I know folks are excited about IRA, but what are you seeing as the trending conversations that you're trying to respond to? Oh, it's, it's clearly around the, the incentives, the new incentives that I, I think I mentioned earlier, it, it really is throwing gasoline on an already roaring bonfire and really talking about how to best monetize those incentives to get more projects built. And, you know, as I always mentioned, there, there was plenty of capital available in the marketplace prior to the IRA, but now with the IRA, there's even more capital flowing in and, and people are just trying to figure out how to best access the, the capital that was always there, but it, it's gonna end up being more attractive, I think, in the long run, and there'll be more of it, and, and people are trying to kind of figure out what those incentives ultimately mean to them under this new, under this new uh, legislation. You know, um, it's, it's great to have a finance guy here because there's, that's an area that I always kind of wonder about, right? So I am hearing about like new attacks, like opportunities on commercial, like small commercial, for example. Yep. That seems to be a white space. Of course, uh, low to moderate income, that in the past has been difficult to work in, but now that's probably going to be a huge space, right, with a specifically designed incentives for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's situations where uh, between the, uh, the incentives available on the investment tax credit and the, the leverage available, there may be in situations where uh, <laughs> you can build and own a project without putting any equity in. Without any equity. It's like one-day simple payback period. (laughs) Absolutely. And I know if you have no money in a project, that's called an infinite return. (laughs) Yeah. So there's plenty of of opportunity, especially in some of those areas you just mentioned. So, I mean, the legislation's, I think, ultimately going to do what it was supposed to do, which was increase the number of projects here in the U.S. to help decarbonize our environment. And it will certainly solve that. But there's certainly going to be a lot of opportunity for, for people, I, I think everybody. I, I honestly think if you're not even a developer in the solar business, you can get in this business and actually make some money because it's, <laughs> it's incented everybody to, uh, to basically go out and figure out how to build solar projects. 
That's fantastic. You know, I, I, earlier days, I remember those areas being particularly difficult. You know, LTM and then um, uh, small, it's called donut hole. Remember that term, the yeah. donut hole? Yeah. And, and now I'm seeing companies emerge and like one after the other go after that market right away. It has to, and they're coming out of their kind of stealth modes and they're boom, they're, they're hitting it right now. It's like today, yesterday. Uh, so it's just so dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. I think where, I mean, there's so much incentive now to go out and, and, and get these projects operating, built. The only headwind that I've heard even today is, is probably, and this is probably somewhat of a headwind, is, is around um, supply, panel supply and that type of thing. But I, I think the marketplace will figure that out. I know there are certain panel manufacturers looking to add capacity here in the U.S. So I think it, you know, we may hit a couple speed bumps here in the near term, but we're going to figure it out. And, and uh, I think this industry's headed for, as I said, the solar Super Bowl over the next decade. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, Andy, I'm so glad that you had a chance to stop by. I know you've got a busy, busy evening planned. And I really want to thank you once again for taking the yeah. time to come by and share from your deep well of experience the trends that you're hearing on the show floor. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Yep. Thanks. Great you to bet. meet you. Thank you. We'll see you soon, Andy. Yep. As we transition to our friend Mo Abdallah, we're gonna, I'm going to ask uh, Josh. Josh, you and uh, Jay yeah. walked around. You did a lot of interviews with... Yeah electrification really whole home electrification focus today you got did you get through any of the 30 or so that are <laughs> you know it's always i talked to jay before these shows and it's like jay vericard over there my co-host on the solar coaster and then we try to figure out how to capture all of the new innovations in the most economical way possible and then we get out here and we're like oh my goodness yeah. we can't because each each one of those interviews is so interesting right so we were able to sit down with some um some fine folks out on the the entrance area we saw the 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 uh, daily uh, the morning uh yeah. piece you guys did it looked great on, on the, the jumbo on the jumbo yeah. yeah it was awesome fantastic and uh we met some great people a crew out of argentina doing some amazing stuff in the southernmost regions of ushuaia almost antarctica super cool microgrid stuff and then uh we met some other fellows that were just, you know, really in, in neat spaces. Then we got in here, we actually got a chance to sit down with Canadian uh, Solar. Of course, they got their new Solar Plus battery integrated system. Some interesting innovation steps there. We did talk to Generac, one of our favorites. Uh, Generac's doing some radical stuff. DC Jenny, DC Jenny going direct to battery to hmm. like recharge the battery, for yeah. example. Uh, they got, you know, a, lot, a whole bunch of things, too much to cover in here. Who else did we talk to? Like the Panasonic. Yeah, and uh, a lot of other great guys. I can't, uh, you're, I, I can't re lip read Jason. But. He's, got this, he's got this on and shirt raised in the air. Well, let's go ahead and bring tomorrow, up. Tomorrow, we're going to get a bunch more. Let's go ahead and bring up Mohammed Abdali. He's the founder and CEO of Good Faith Energy. Fun fact, Mohammed and uh, Good Faith are the large, is it the, How you doing? welcome brother. Is the, are you the largest installer of solar roof and span in the Whoa. US? Is that right? Whoa. What's up, y'all? Hey, man. Hey. How's it going? <laughs> is, that fun, is that fun fact accurate at all? So I believe we're number one in terms of volume for solar mm. roof. Wow. And um, we're, we're in the top 10 for span. How about that? So I'm curious, when you are clearly targeting the higher value products and the higher end products in terms of the, the cost point, how do you navigate the show floor? Are you looking for ways for cost savings? Are you looking for competitors to the products you're currently offering? Or, how, or are you thinking of just expansion of the product uh, offering that you have? Yeah, I think uh, it's expansion, number one. I mean, there's only so much cost that you can cut. Um, you can't really pay people any less money. Mm -hmm. You know, products don't just magically drop in price either. They're, they've really tended to go up in the last 24 mm -hmm. months. Mm -hmm. 
But um, for me, it's really about expansion and understanding, you know, how are others successfully selling this product and making it a sustainable vertical uh, within their business. You know, really with Solar Roof, it's it's a luxury product mm -hmm. and it's not, I don't sell it as a solar power generating system. And I think the first time I really had that eye opener was I went out and hung out with a couple of roofers that sold luxury roofs. Yeah. And I would hear them talk about, you know, the product in, in a very meticulous way, right? Mm. They'd be Moonair like, they'd be like, oh, these concrete tiles are <laughs> baked in an oven in Chicago for three weeks. An artisanal wow. product. <laughs> um, but I think that when you approach that same customer base with a product that's beautiful, but also generates power and has a purpose, uh, and can send that power to a battery to back up the home in the event of an outage, and it has a tax credit, uh, a lot of those clients you know, will, will choose a, a solar roof over a premium you know, slate or concrete or something like that Heck with yeah. solar on top. Heck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, it, kudos to you to be doing like high volume and Tesla solar, that's a challenging area. I know some guys out in, the, um, in Hawaii and in Kauai in particular, mm -hmm. and they were talking about it in similar uh, contexts. So, for example, saying uh, we've got a lot of competitive spending in mm. Kauai. So mm. That's an area that's fertile ground for something like the Tesla yeah. solar roof, right? Yep. I have my Tesla solar roof. What about you? you know? yeah, exactly. And then, of course, uh, you know, the, the, the load control panel world is really interesting, too, mm -hmm. because there are some variations in that, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen more variations in that. So you might be able to find, I can imagine, I have a span system in my home, nice. but you might find that someone says, oh, I'm okay with uh, two or three dedicated loads. Mm -hmm. And maybe you move to a different product for that particular person, I imagine, right? He's probably yeah. checking that stuff out now. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, man, there's a, we're, we're spoiled for choice these days. It, we really are. And um, I, I really think that, you know, Span in particular and other energy load management devices are going to be not only like a nice to have, but mm -hmm. they're going to be a requirement uh, in the future to meet na National Electric Code. So, mm -hmm. you know, even with the 2020 National Electric Code, some of the jurisdictions have started to adopt and enforce it. Uh, and in the past, you know, we could just size a uh, battery system to the largest breaker. Now we have to size it to the total output or the total load calculation and to make sure that the total output of the battery can meet that. So in the past, you could do a whole home backup with, let's just say, two Tesla Powerwalls. Uh, now it's like four or five unless you install a span. There you go. And that's kind of like your, your, your big loophole to be able to meet this code. And I just think that it's going to become a bigger and bigger issue as the years come along. Have you been curious about utility-scale storage? SunGrow's revolutionary liquid-cooled solution is revolutionizing the storage landscape. Its built-in DC-to-DC coupling combined with other features like higher energy density and 3% slower battery degradation make it a robust solution that companies nationwide are choosing. You can learn more about this innovative solution by SunGrow by visiting mysuncast.com forward slash SunGrow. Hey, Sunshine, clouds got you down? It doesn't have to be that way. Leading solar enterprises around the world are making the most of their investments in Sunshine with Solar Anywhere, the data and intelligence service from Clean Power Research. Whether you're designing or operating solar assets, Solar Anywhere helps you reduce project risk and improve performance benchmarking. Learn more at mysuncast.com forward slash solar anywhere. What surprises you as you walk around the show floor today? I mean, Josh and I talked about how it feels like even like, tracker companies are coming out with uh, with electric vehicle chargers. What 
What do you see as you walk on the show floor that maybe you didn't expect or that is at a scale you didn't expect? Great question. I think that um, you know most of the manufacturers have been talking about uh, full ecosystem uh, mm-hmm. lineups for so long, but this is the first time that I've kind of walked around and been like, "Wow, these guys have you know a, a battery, a smart panel, a mm-hmm. generator, an EV charger." You're like, "What's going on?" And I think it's pretty powerful. The energy in general. You guys have been talking about it probably all day. The energy in this place is unbelievable. Uh, I've been attending SPI or RE Plus uh, since 2015. Mm-hmm. And then, then obviously we had the three-year gap, but this year just feels like it's not just a solar show. Mm. It really feels like there's a, a, you know, this whole distributed energy. There's like a distributed energy, um, you know, diversified energy uh, show, which is pretty incredible to, to be a part of. And I think you know, seeing Savant and some of these other companies here, you know, these companies typically were at Cedia's of the world, yeah. right? But now they're attending RE Plus and they're, mm-hmm. they're uh, releasing products that will help meet some of these uh, new codes. Mm-hmm. It's just very exciting. Yeah. 100%. Uh, so one of the things that occurs to me when you talk about, like, these higher price point products maybe that are sold to, you know, a certain kind of demographic. And then, but how does that transition to become going from a luxury to a necessity? And you just described it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I actually sat down with a finance guy, Brian Thomas, back in Maui before we came out here. And I was like, how do I kind of distill down the value of some of these technologies to people across the country? And he said, a scatter plot. And I want to see uh, luxury and I want to see necessity and I want to see uh, ROI on the other axis. And I was like, whoa, man, that's a good idea, right? But something like Span, right? That's an investment. I have it. I, I look at the thing constantly, right? Basically stopped using social media because I look at my energy stuff all the time. <laughs> and I'm just geeking out. I'm like, my dishwasher does 1,253 watts, right? I know that. I'm on a self-supply system. Mm-hmm. And I then going across all the loads. Now, that's just fun for an energy geek. But then what you just described in terms of how it impacts what kind of solar you can get, what kind of batteries you can get, how it impacts meter, meter upgrades potentially, mm-hmm. right? Especially in an environment where like you might have underground wires, God forbid, can you imagine the cost of doing something like that? Ooh. So solar becomes prohibitively expensive in certain scenarios, and a, something like Span and other technologies actually deals with that issue entirely. So it's no longer a luxury good. Now it's a complete necessity, right? 100%. Um, I mean, I couldn't have said it any better, but you know, Span's number one value proposition is battery optimization. And now uh, it's become even more imperative. You know, it's, it's like you can't install now in the city of Dallas yeah. because they, are, they have adopted this code and they're right. enforcing it. So we have to go back to probably two dozen customers and tell them, hey, the code changed and wow. you can either buy three more batteries or one span to, That's you a know, uh, it's a lot of money. <laughs> and, but yeah, I think, I think uh, the companies like Spans and, and others, their innovation, uh, their innovation and, and their forward thinking, and it really does empower you to understand, because you and I both know, like if you buy a battery today or you're pitching a battery to a customer, the first thing they're going to ask you is, so I'm spending all this money. How long will my battery last? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, the answer you know, it's it almost impossible to not dance around, right? It's right. like, well, it's a, it depends on how hard you run it, you know? Um, but now the answer can be, well, it's as long as the span tells you. Right, it's right there in front of you. It tells you, you know, it's got historical data, it knows how much power you're pulling, it knows how big your battery bank yeah. is, it knows what you've tagged as what, a yeah. nice to have, a must have, or a non-essential. Totally. Uh, so. It's wild. You know, I tend to think about this kind of um, thing across the industry itself, 
So when we think about other technologies, we, you know, okay, like you said, Span is one thing. It's a great company. We're not here pitching Span. We're just sure. talking about because we love it, right? Mm -hmm. But there's probably out there on this show floor right now a company that has product X that does A thing, mm -hmm. and then it's got some huge latent value sitting right there. There's sometimes the CEO doesn't even know it. He mm -hmm. thinks he knows it, right? And then you get into the conversation, and it's like, hang on a second. Can it be utilized this way? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. I think that's monetizable, man. You know, mm -hmm. that's what's so cool about this industry. All this latent value kind of waiting to be discovered. 100%. And a lot of the times when the tech comes together too, right? Mm -hmm. Like two siloed, Jay likes to say, siloed kind of environments coming together and then new things are birthed out of that. That's what's cool about it, you know, renewable energies. I think that's what happens on the trade show as well. You get a lot of folks that come in and they're thinking differently. Maybe they're coming from separate, different sectors. They see a technology and they can blow your mind with what's possible about it. 100%, yeah. Well, Mohammed, I know that you've got a busy evening, and uh, I don't want to keep you from uh, all the meetings. Are you sure? I was, just, I was you get, just getting started, man. Just getting warmed up. This guy's sticking around. <laughs> you, get, you want to stick around and rock the rest of the show for us? We're going to invite one more up onto the stage. Awesome. Thanks for having me. No, guys. Absolutely. absolutely. Good yeah. to see you. Are you going to the block party? I am, yeah. All right. Maybe we'll see you there, yeah, let's brother. Let's go. Let's go party. All right. Thanks for joining us. All right. See you That's later, buddy. Take it easy. Thank All you. All right, see you guys. All right. Nico, who's next? We got Jen Alfson. Jen is the product manager at Fluence. Jen is uh, also our co-pilot here. She's just going to come up and rock the mic with us, have a little, have some conversations. I'm curious. Well, hey, Jen, how you doing? Hello. Hey, Jen. I'm, Hello, I'm curious Jen. how Jen's been, how, what her experience has been here today on day one of the show. Jen, you've been to a lot of SPIs. I, I have. Actually, that question has come up a number of times, and I, I don't know the number of SPIs mm. I've been to. I should probably You've been in the industry for like 15 years, though. A long time. 10 no, years. Uh, 11, 11, I think we're at. I think it'll be 11, actually. Right now, my first, uh, my very first SPI was in Dallas. I oh, was Dallas, two weeks in. Yeah. I was fresh into the solar industry, didn't know what I was doing, and they just threw me in the booth, and they're like, mm. good luck. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was honestly the best way to learn. I learned so much in that first, my first SPI, yeah. and it was just hearing other people, learning from other people, hearing how they're talking about it. And then I also just caught the caught the I don't know what it is that 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 bug that I yep. fell in love with the industry like, yep. immediately yeah I realized you're an engineer by training amazing it is I am yes mm -hmm. what kind of engineer mechanical electrical mechanical engineering okay. went to UC San Diego yeah mm -hmm. what was it did you get any fun solar projects at UC San Diego uh, no solar projects. Um, we did have like a wind one, kind of mm -hmm. the what was it? The um, one a, a department on campus mm -hmm. wanted to put up a a wind turbine uh, for educational purposes, and so one of my projects was to actually set up and measure how much wind speed there was to figure out where to put the thing. And then from my from my research, it was basically like, great, put it out in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And that was not an option, so. <laughs> they didn't let you in college put out an offshore yeah, wind yeah. turbine? <laughs> this, this one was like right up on a cliff. So it was like a cliff, all this protected land oh, wow. right up, up, up to the up to the actual ocean and the ocean and it was like the most ideal place for this is well know. if you'd been in college three years from now that might be an option right? it, it might have been but yeah. yeah that wasn't an option for that and so I basically had to go back and tell them like yeah you can put one in here it's just not going to spin <laughs> Jenna are you, uh, are you are you what is there anything you're most looking forward to as the day wraps up I'm looking forward to just connecting with more people this this last you know 24 hours has been amazing mm. already 
And I've seen so many familiar faces, a ton of unfamiliar faces. And I've been to so many SPIs, so seeing a lot of people I know. But one thing that I've been really impressed with is, I mean, I think a lot of people have talked about how big this conference Mm -hmm. is, but there's also just so many new people in it. And it's exciting because it is, I feel like we've been those of us that have been in the industry for a decade more, I mean, there's so many people who have been in it way longer than I have. And all this hard work, it's like our life's work finally being recognized by the general public. That's a cool way to look at it. It's so wonderful. And to have, you know, people talking about it and to turn on the news and see it in the headlines. And it's a common point of conversation now. And that's really exciting. Yeah. Josh and I spoke on a panel a little earlier with our friend Mike Casey, and he asked the question, are you a climate optimist or a climate pessimist? Mm. I'm wondering, with all of the tailwinds that we're seeing and all, of, I mean, your influence, which is growing gangbusters, are you a climate optimist or climate pessimist about where we're headed? I, I have to say I'm both. I oscillate between the two. I mean, there's days where I'm like, you know, it's all ruined. <laughs> we're, we're never going to, you know, we're never going to get it back. We're never going to be able to restore what we've destroyed. And then on the flip side, I come to conferences like these and I realize how much progress we've made, how much we're growing, how quickly we're coming up with these new solutions. And, and realizing that there's so many people across, across the globe that are just as passionate as the folks here at SPI today, that really inspires me. It makes me optimistic. It's good news, right? I mean, if, if there's that kind of influx of talent to the industry that we've been, you know, hanging around with for the last decade and change, then it's like, well, there's all that new talent coming in, all those new ideas coming in, all that new potential for innovation, right? So it makes me feel more, a little bit more optimistic. Yeah. See, that's great. And then, of course, it's kind of our responsibility to be welcoming to this, the other industries and say, hey, come on over. <laughs> we could use your talent. You know, we could use your talent. Especially I saw an article I was telling uh, Nico earlier today. I think it was in Portacol or something. But they were talking about how Silicon Valley now we're seeing a migration of talent. Uh, and this is, of course, you know, like super uh, like high end, I suppose, talent or whatever we want to say it. But to the, to the clean energy economy, to clean tech. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting, right? So you could, people are saying, hey, I want to be a part of an industry where I can you know, feel good about what I'm doing, maybe make a difference, Absolutely. maybe be a part of the camaraderie that we have here. There's a lot of positive things in that. You know? And then we, we reap the benefits of that. Absolutely. Now we have these like, powerhouses that are saying, hey, I just want to make a website. I want to actually uh, help develop whatever this thing is. You know? So that's, that's the time we're in. Yeah, and, and that brings up a good point. I mean, and I think people do their best work when they're passionate about what they do, when they really care about what they do. And... You know, I started, as Nico mentioned, my background's as an engineer. And that first, I graduated in the middle of the recession back in 2009. Mm. And so the, All right. the I guess, sentiment then when I graduated was like, good luck getting a job. Oh, no. <laughs> and thankfully, I did get one because I had an internship. So, but most of the jobs available, it's not like you had a huge selection. It was like, you're lucky if you get anything. And so I started my career in defense contracting because that was, that's the job I got straight out of college. And it was a really good job. I learned so much. Mm. I don't regret working in defense contracting at all. If anything, I think it set me up to be successful in the solar industry because defense contracting is so 
so regulated. So there's all these processes. There's all this quality control. I mean, talk about quality control. I, w- I was working in a clean room manufacturing environment. So to go from that to then go into the solar industry, the reason I brought up that was because I realized one day I was like, this is, you know, I look up from my cubicle. The cubicle walls were six feet high because it's defense contracting. So you're not allowed to see your coworkers' computer screens. I'm 5'2", so I can't, like, I'm, I'm, I'm way below the eye line of, of being able to see over there. And everything was just, like, this really depressing 70s brown. And, like, when you walk into the office and there was this, I'm, I distinctly remember this poster up on the wall. And it was, like, this missile with a skull and bones on it. Oh, no. And I was like, this is not why I went to college. Like, this is not why I got an engineering degree. And then, and then my next job was in solar, and I'm like, this, this yeah. is what I'm so supposed rescuing to folks in. from rescuing folks from the misery of Depart- Department of Defense. That yeah. <laughs> we've I just and, met someone, you know, the lady that runs comps for uh, Solar Edge now came from Defense. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so we're you know the thing I like um, one of the one of the issues that we have in the industry so far is that we have this mis- misconception that you need to know a ton about solar to get a job in solar. And so you know, I got to get training or whatever. And so the job rec will say something ridiculous, like you need five years of, of experience in solar. And even for engineers, that's not generally true. If you have three or four years of petroleum engineering experience, you're more than qualified for a lot of jobs in the solar industry. But for whatever reason, right, people get disqualified. And we've got this carousel where people jump off of one ride and they jump on the on the other ride and they stay in the industry and we hire within the industry i think one of the greatest things that we're going to see here and the trend that i'm seeing happening is more folks coming in from tech more folks coming across the aisle from oil and gas if you will from fossil fuels and even in even the media industry folks are folks are moving into climate as a as a category right you've got lots of folks focus on ev it's like one of the hottest channel focuses or foci is that the word on youtube Right, so I think you're going to see even on even uh, even in places like media, we're going to see a lot more focus, and that's a good thing because consumers, uh, as Mo and the and the Good Faith Energy team know, consumers uh, are looking for comfort, and they're looking for their, a lot of their media channels and a, a lot of the the training options to show them that the technology is prime time and that they can trust in it, and to show them good examples of people they can trust, their neighbor, the neighbor next door, right? Follow keeping up with the Joneses. You know, when you, you have a, a technology that's so widely applicable to our lives, right? It really, and, and we're in an environment that's pretty, you know, the United States today can be pretty uh, desperate, disparate, right? Like we have these sections and these groups and these ideas that are kind of separate, right? But I mean, I'll tell you a quick story, and, and Nico actually heard this, but uh, I went over to Oahu to test drive the F-150, not because I have the extra ducats to buy that, that beautiful truck right now, but because I wanted to put it into a little film project I was working on. And I uh, went in and we, you know, I kind of hustled my way in and brought over the cameras and we did, we had drones going and everything. And they're like, are you test driving or are you shooting a film? And then it was great. But the guy that walks out uh, and was test driving before me, he's wearing a MAGA hat. And I was like, whoa, this guy right here, he may be on a politically divergent, completely different kind of perspective than mine, perhaps, but he and I want the same truck. Mm-hmm. And he, no one's going to tell that guy. You can see it. He was like, yeah, I got my MAGA hat. No one's going to tell that guy that I can't have the fastest, best truck there is in the world. I don't mm-hmm. care if it happens to be powered by whatever, right? So it's this unifying, this, this common interest. I think this common te- technology that's such common value for everybody. It's, it's potentially unifying. That's really exciting for the country. 
Absolutely. And it just like, you know, talking, speaking to the point of, of it being, you know, universally unifying everyone and then also just the transfer of, of skill sets from one industry to another. I mean, that's another thing that I'm excited about is just the amount of jobs our industry is creating. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking a lot about solar right now, but it, there's also energy storage, the wind, oh, yeah. and as a whole, you know, when I say industry, like our industry, I tend to lump all three of those together in one bucket because most of us kind of work, all work with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think, what was it, last night at the keynote, they said something like 250,000 people in the United States are employed by solar. I heard that number, yeah. I'm curious what the number is if we put energy storage and wind into that, into that as well. I mean that's amazing and it's only going to grow so i'm excited for that it it benefits everyone not just from a climate perspective but also from a you know being able to do work that you truly love and feel good about Yeah. yeah well there's a lot of people out there doing work that we truly love and feel good about and the speed of uh this show is also moving at a breakneck pace it's the end of day one. All right. Uh, we, have, uh, we have tomorrow a pretty packed schedule. I would encourage folks to go and check out if you haven't. Download the app if you haven't. The app is a really tremendous resource. RE-plus.com has a full schedule of all of the activities, including the Media Zone. You can check it out at RE-plus.com forward slash Media Zone. We'll be right back here tomorrow morning with my co-host Julia Piper and uh, Jeff Peck from iSun. And uh, that is a g- great way to kick off the day. Apparently, they're broadcasting it from the Jumbotron. I think that might be where John Brecker is right now, out looking at the Jumbotron. <laughs> I, I want to get out there and see that thing. And then we have one cool thing that's happening tomorrow. They, I guess they just announced it, and I haven't heard who won, but the American Made Challenge prizes were awarded today. That's a million dollars in prize money. Whoa. I think it's like, well, it's a million across each category. So that's like two and a half million. They had five winners, or two and a quarter million, or something like that. It's pretty, pretty incredible. They offer, see you guys later, thanks, good faith. They offer uh, a tremendous opportunity for folks that have an idea and want to get it funded. And so the sixth round, I think, was awarded today, and we're going to have the winners here at 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. So I encourage folks to come and check that out. And with that, we've got a wrap on day one of our daily roundup. Thank you, Jen Alfson, product manager at Fluence, for joining us. Thanks, Josh Porter my esteemed co-host. And my name is Nico Johnson from Suncast. Thank you. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you once again for tuning in. This has been the Daily Roundup segment of our show that is broadcast live from the RE Plus 22 show in Anaheim, California. I hope that you will continue to tune in as we are broadcasting live from the show floor. If you're here in Anaheim, once again, I'd remind you to come by and check us out at booth 438. It is right in the middle of the show floor. And we are also live streaming to www.suncast.live. And I hope that you will check out the agenda for the show as well. You can check that out at re-plus.com forward slash media zone. It's a lot of alphabet soup of URL. So I hope that the very least if you're at the show, come by and check us out. But take us on the go. If you can't, stop by. Again, that's suncast.live. I want to thank those who helped make this show possible. In particular, it's presented by Fluence, and we have some amazing supporting sponsors. I hope that you all enjoyed this Daily Roundup and that you'll tune in for the successive Daily Roundups and for the replays that we have coming. For 
of all the live and the wonderful conversations we're having with industry leaders about what's happening, not just here on the show floor, but in the industry at large. And if you are new to listening, I would encourage you to check out the more than 500 amazing founder stories and startup advice throughout our clean tech journey as I've cataloged it all over the last seven years on our podcast called Suncast. You can find out more about Suncast and the many, many founders and C-suite and frontline folks who are helping build the clean tech economy. If you go to mysuncast.com and subscribe in whatever podcast player you like. We have a lot of folks that subscribe through Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, but I encourage you to check out the podcast, mysuncast.com. And again, watch the live stream to hear and see more of the content that we're producing right here from Anaheim. Thank you for joining us. You can find more at suncast.live or right here on the show floor. See you next time.